0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 701 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. We got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, the Rangers see their three-game winning streak snapped last night at home in Madison Square Garden against the Boston Bruins. A competitive game throughout. You know, a little bit of a slow start for the Rangers. Uh, seemed to get it going a little bit toward the end of the first period. Had a great second period, and then it all kind of came crashing down in the third period, and uh, the Rangers end up losing 5-2, to two, uh, despite being tied 1-1 going into the third period and having an opportunity to win it. I think uh, the biggest thing in this game as far as, you know, why the Rangers kind of ran out of gas there. And this is not to make excuses or anything like that. It's just a statement of fact. Uh, When you lose one of your defensemen, you know, just about minutes into the game, and he only ends up with about three minutes and change of ice time. Uh, That's not good. It's going to adversely affect any team's ability to win the game, uh, particularly against this Boston Bruins team, which is off to a phenomenal start to the season. They are now 10-1. and And of course, I'm talking about Ryan Lindgren. Ryan Lindgren, uh, injured thanks to a hit from David Pasternak, or or we think that's where he got injured. He actually stayed out there for an extra shift or two after that, Uh, but we're going to talk about that in greater detail in just a second. Also going to talk about how this is a very physical game and it basically became fight night at Madison Square Garden. I mean, I guess as far as the fighting is concerned, it was just the two fights and they happened simultaneously. But still, chippy, nasty game. Uh, It's kind of what you've come to expect as far as Rangers versus Bruins is concerned. And I'm also going to talk about something that has kind of... uh, I don't want to say plagued the Rangers this season, that word's a little bit too strong, but something that's a little bit of a concern so far this season for the Rangers is the lack of secondary scoring. And I got some stats to back that up, and we're going to talk about that uh, in due time as well. But I did want to start with Ryan Lindgren and uh, just kind of get into everything that happened here and what led to him getting injured and, uh, you know, having to leave the game. And, of course, if, if Ryan Lingren leaves the game, uh, you know it, it had to be pretty serious. This guy plays through everything guy's tough as nails, uh, just that old-school throwback defenseman who, I mean, he wants to go out there and mix it up. This is a Ryan Lindgren kind of game, Rangers versus Bruins, and, uh, you know, he had, he had really brought it, you know, prior to getting injured. He had the big hit on Pastrnak. he had a big hit on, uh, I forget, it was uh, Bergeron, I think was the second guy that he got. So two big hits from Lindgren early in this game, and you know he's going to be out there mixing it up. He's had some run, run-ins run with Brad Marchand in the past for sure, um, but as, as far as what led to him leaving the game, so... First period, uh, the Bruins have the puck in the Rangers zone. Pasternak has the puck. Ryan Lingren approaches him, checks him into the boards, knocks him to the ice. A big hit, big crunch in the corner there, uh, clean as it gets. As clean of a hit as you will see in the NHL. And then what happens after that? Well, Pasternak decides that he needs to retaliate. And Lingren had the puck, and he moved the puck, and Pasternak hit him very late and basically blindsided him. He kind of came from the side a little bit, but Lingren had no idea he was there. No idea he was going to get hit. And I guess, you know, you could say that that's somewhat unlingering, I, I suppose. But, you know, this is clearly a retaliation by Pasternak here. It's not, you know, the dirtiest thing you'll ever see on a hockey rink. It's not like Tom Tom Wilson levels of egregious or anything like that. But I didn't like this because it was so obvious that Pasternak was just looking for revenge here. And to be fair, you know, the refs saw it and they, you know, called him for the, uh, the penalty there. And the Rangers got a power play out of it. But it just sucks because... You know, Ryan Lindgren puts a clean hit on Pasternak, and Pasternak can't accept the fact that, you know, he was just knocked to the ice, so he's got to go uh, on his revenge quest here. Hits Lindgren well after Lingren had gotten rid of the puck, and again, I think this is the area of the game where Ryan Lindgren got injured. I mean, I didn't see anything else, uh, so, you know, Lindgren hits Pasternak clean, Pasernak throws a fit, essentially, he has to go looking to get him back on the same shift. I mean, look, it's early in the first period. Pasernak, he'll have he'll have his chances later in the game to give a receipt to Lindgren or somebody else on the Rangers, whatever it might be. And instead, you know, he, he kind of goes after Lindgren out of nowhere here and puts a hit on him that's questionable. And as a result of this, you know, Lindgren's out for this game and he's considered day-to-day. Who knows how many more games he's going to miss? I mean, it's Lindgren, so you almost expect him to be back out there in the next one. Uh, the Rangers play Sunday against Detroit, but... It's just it just sucks again because you know Lindgren puts a clean hit on Pasternak, Pasternak retaliates, and Lindgren's the one that's injured because of it. And Lindgren could now miss some time, and Pasternak today is is probably shooting you know some terrible Dunkin' Donuts commercial or something along those lines. So very unfortunate there. Uh, as far as you know, Ryan Lindgren, just the effects of him being out of the game, I, I think it was pretty obvious that you know the Ranger defensemen were pretty gassed down the stretch in this game. Maybe the Rangers in general were a little bit gassed. Uh, the Bruins basically took control in the third period. They went up 2-1 to one early. Uh, the Rangers got it right back on a goal by Adam Fox, but then three unanswered goals by the Bruins to close out this game. Granted, the last one was an empty netter. But be that as it may, you know, the Bruins basically took it to the Rangers in the third. And I think a big reason for that, and look, the Bruins might have won this game anyway. You know, credit where it's due. They're obviously off to a fantastic start. But one of the biggest reasons for me is that Ryan Lindgren wasn't out there. Ryan Lindgren is the heart and soul of this New York Ranger team. We saw just how important he was last year in the playoffs. You know, you think about that series against the Penguins. You know, he missed games two, three, and four. He's back out there for game five. And all of a sudden, the Rangers actually stand a chance against the Crosby line, which for a while there, they didn't at all. You know, the Crosby line was skating circles around them. Uh, Ryan Lindgren really makes a difference for this team. Uh, One of the leaders, uh, one of the unsung heroes of this New York Ranger team, certainly last year when they had that deep playoff run. And, You know, you lose any defenseman, much less one as good as Ryan Lindgren. You lose any defenseman for the final 50 minutes of a game, uh, you're going to be hurting for it because now you got to go with five defensemen. Everybody's, you know, on different pairings and having to play with this guy and having to play with that guy, so you're a little bit discombobulated from that aspect. And on top of that, you know, the the minutes are going to start piling up. The time on the ice is going to start piling up. And uh, if you look at this game, as far as time on the ice is concerned— Every—or, well, rather, four of the remaining five Ranger defensemen all ended up playing more than 23 minutes. Uh, Miller, Fox, Truba, and Jones all ended up with more than 23 minutes in this game. Uh, Ke'Andre Miller led the way with 26-20. And again, the Rangers looked gassed, and it it really showed in the third period. And as far as, you know, Ryan Lindgren potentially missing time going forward, it's going to be a big loss for the Rangers. Uh, They do not have the kind of depth at defensemen where they can— really afford to lose anybody because as soon as one of these top six guys is out of the lineup, uh, Libor Hayek goes back in. Now to be fair to Libor Hayek, I know he takes, uh, some heat from Ranger fans on Twitter and wherever else. And, you know, sometimes I understand why, because he hasn't, you know, lived up to being uh, a former, you know, high draft pick and, you know, the guy that was one of the big pieces of the McDonough Miller trade. So I get where, you know, some of the, uh, the uneasiness from Ranger fans comes from when it comes to Libor Hayek. But overall this season, I think he's played fairly well when he's been out there, uh, certainly giving you a little bit more than you would expect. So you just hope that the Rangers can, uh, you know, get by without Ryan Lindgren for a little while and Libor Hayek can kind of hold down the fort. I'd be curious to see if, um, you know, if Lindgren ends up being out for multiple games, if Matthew Robertson gets a call up to the NHL. Might be a little bit premature for that. Maybe Ben Harper gets the call. He's the guy that the Rangers just picked up uh, after they lost Jared Tenorti, thanks to the Blackhawks' waiver claim. But uh, they got some options. I, I do think the most likely outcome here, though, if Lindgren does miss this game against Detroit, is you'll just see Libor Hayek in the lineup. And I would think that maybe what they might do is they might put Zach Jones with Adam Fox. We saw him playing with Fox a little bit after Lindgren went down in this game. And in the past... There have been a couple of times where they have put Jones and uh, Fox together out there, so I think that might be the move. You, you take Jones from the third pairing, you put him on the top pairing with Adam Fox, and then you go ahead and you slide Libor Hayek into the third pairing, and you put him out there with Braden Schneider. Uh, again, they have some options, and uh, hopefully it works out, but I'd rather see between Jones and Hayek, if one of them is going to end up with top four minutes in Ryan Lindgren's absence, I would rather it be—, uh, it be you know, Jones rather than Libor Hayek. Uh, but we'll see how they look to go there. I also want to uh, talk about uh, what turned out to be Fight Night or a mini version of Fight Night uh, at the Garden last night. Uh, of K- So, a lot happened here. So, Braden Schneider, uh, you got Frederick coming into the uh, New York Rangers zone, and Frederick's got the puck, and Schneider delivers just a menacing hit, but it was also a very clean hit. And I realized, you know, I took issue with what Pasternak did. I'm saying Schneider— had a clean hit here. I do stand by all that. It's also possible that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this the way that I want to see this. As obviously a Ranger fan. But if you watch this replay from Brayden Schneider, I mean, this is textbook shoulder to chest stuff right here. He absolutely destroyed him. A big pop from the gr- garden crowd there. They love that. Brayden Schneider becoming, uh, you know, certainly a... Uh, a feared defenseman in this league, I would say. He hasn't been there for very long, but this guy will just absolutely whack you if he gets a chance to do it, and uh, we saw that on display here. This is what Schneider had to say uh, after the game. I- I've got a quote here. You know, this was circulating on Twitter. This one comes to us from friend of the show, Vince Cogliano uh, but this is what Schneider had to say uh, regarding, you know, him basically being attacked after he hit Frederick here. Uh, this is what Schneider said. I learned from the last time I hit someone, you've got to be ready to go. I'm happy with the hit and glad he didn't get hurt, and I didn't get any punches in the face too bad. Uh, Amen to all of that. Uh, So basically what happened, what he's alluding to here, is after he delivers this hit on Frederick, you've got Greer going after Schneider and basically just attacking him and forcing him into a fight. And, and Schneider, he's fine with that. He's a big, tough, physical guy. He'll fight when the occasion calls for it. But you've got that happening. And then Frederick's going after uh, Schneider as well. And that's when Barclay Goodrow jumped in. And then Frederick and Goodrow dropped the gloves as well. So you've got two fights happening at the same time. And these weren't just, you know, you know just kind of wrestling back and forth. I mean, these guys were throwing some bombs, some big-time haymakers. Uh, I would say that... Uh, Schneider certainly won his fight. Goodrow versus Frederick, I would say, was a little bit more even. Uh, Both of them landed some heavy punches, though. And, um, you know, all four of these guys head to the sin bin. The thing that I liked here, though, is that the Rangers got a power play out of this. They actually called the instigator against the Bruins, which they should. Because you should not have to fight for your life every single time you deliver a clean hit in this league. And that's kind of what's been going on over these past couple of seasons. If you put a big hit, especially on the star player from the other team, but not even necessarily a star player. I mean, Frederick is not exactly a superstar. He's an effective player for the Bruins, but not a superstar. And next thing you know, you know, Brandon Schneider has to fight for his life. So I'm glad that they called the instigator. Rangers got the power play out of it. Uh, Did not score, but I do like the fact that the NHL, in these situations, is calling that instigator uh, more often, seemingly recently, over the last season or two uh, than they had in the past. So good stuff there. Uh, I do want to um, get into a topic that... Gives me a little bit of concern going forward. I mean, we're not at the point where I I think we have to panic, but it is the Rangers' lack of secondary scoring. And like I said, we will get to that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Online, where the game starts. All right, and uh, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And so, like I said, a topic I want to talk about here is the secondary scoring, or lack thereof, rather. And I actually got to give a big shout-out to my mom, because we were texting uh, during uh, this game last night and after it was over, and she pointed out something to me that I think I was aware of It's just one of those things that, you know, I look at it and, well, you know, it's still early in the season. We're 10 games in, 11 games in, 12 games in. we got a long way to go here. But it's the fact that the Rangers, they basically, when it comes to offense, there's five guys. There's five guys that this team relies on. There's five guys that basically need to shoulder the load for this team when it comes to putting the puck in the net. And... You know The obvious hope is that other guys eventually step up, but thus far in the season, they have not done so. And of course, the five guys I'm talking about, you probably don't even need me to tell you who they are, but it's of course Mika, Kreider, Panarin, Fox, and Trocek. Those are the guys that score on this team. Nobody else does anything offensively. Uh, And I got some stats to back that up. For starters, let's just look at some team stats here. So the Rangers have scored 34 goals in 12 games, a little bit less than three per game. It's not... Completely anemic, but you would be hoping for more than that. Uh, That is for sure. Uh, For some context, the Rangers have also allowed 36 goals in the first 12 games. So they've given up two more goals than they've scored. Uh, Rangers currently are at 2.83 goals per game. That's just 23rd in the league. So the Rangers are in the bottom third of the NHL in terms of goals per game, and again, it is still early. Stats like this, you know, goals per game and uh, goals allowed per game and shots per game, all this stuff is going to fluctuate and jump all over the place the first couple weeks of the season. That's just the nature of the beast when there's not uh, a big sample size, so obviously this can turn around. There is time, but Again, you know, for for a team that has Panarin and Mika and Kreider and Fox and Trocek, they're not exactly letting up the score sheet on a uh, nightly basis. Those five players are. Nobody else is. And another stat that's somewhat concerning, I think, is that the Rangers, they've played 12 games. They have been held to two goals or fewer in seven of those games. There's also been some games where they end up with like six or seven goals. So it seems like they either just completely explode And just go off. They've done that a couple times this season. Or, you know, it's a kind of low-scoring game and uh, they just have to grind one out. Um, But, you know, outside of what we'll call the big five players, again, Panarin, Mika, Kreider, Fox, Trocek, where is the scoring going to come from on this team? You know, and and to further illustrate my point here, let's just kind of take a look at these five players and compare them against the other players on the team. So as far as points that these guys have scored so far this season, Panarin has 16, Mika's got 14, Fox has 10, Kreider has nine, and Trocek has nine. No one else on the Rangers has more than five points this season, and and only two have that many. It's Kako and Lafreniere. The two of them each have five points. Uh, Kako had two assists last night, which got him up to five points. Uh, Lafreniere was sitting on five points hanging into last night's game, Um And we might as well start right there as far as like secondary scoring is concerned. I think the two guys you look to before anybody else outside of the big five are Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere for obvious reasons. Reasons that we've covered many, many times on this podcast. Uh, That, of course, being that, um, you know, they're, they're very high draft picks and were very highly thought of when they came into the league. And the thing that's really tough about this is I do feel like for the most part, Caco and Lafreniere on most nights are playing pretty well. It just isn't resulting in points. You know, we saw Capo Caco in this game last night. He made just a sick move in the first period, uh, faked the defenseman out of his skates, Went to the net, did everything but finish. You know, obviously, Omar had a nice night for the Bruins, and he's been very good to start the season. He made the save there. Uh, We saw something similar from Kako over the weekend. I believe it was against uh, the Dallas Stars. You know, he's weaving around like three or four guys going to the net and getting stopped right there on the doorstep. Uh, Let's hope that he hasn't caught, you know, Julian Gauthier syndrome here where he can do everything but finish. Uh, But Kako's look good. He's uh, an absolute bull when he's got the puck. I mean, if he's got the puck on his stick, It's very, very difficult for the opponents to take it away from him. So Kako honestly meant like it feels like he's playing better than he has maybe throughout his entire Ranger tenure. And I realize, you know, he's fallen short of expectations. I do think he's gotten better with every passing season. But, you know, again, for for one reason or another, the points just aren't there. And this despite the fact that he's playing on the top line pretty much every single night. I mean, has he been off the top line since the start of the season? Maybe the first couple games, uh, a few times there. But Kako should have more than five points, you know, playing on top-line minutes with Mika and with Kreider, and it's just not happening right now. And that's what's so frustrating, is it does feel like he's playing better than the uh, points would suggest. But bottom line is Kako is not really giving you the secondary scoring right now. And you could say the same thing for Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, with Lafreniere, you know, he's been playing pretty much on the second line all season with Panarin and with Trocek. Uh, Panarin and Trocek, obviously, you know, Trocek's the big free agent pickup, and you wonder, like, okay, well, uh, how's he going to gel with Artemi Panarin? Man, I hope the two of them have chemistry because Panarin had great chemistry with guys like Strom and with Kopp, and you want that same thing with Trocek, and they've been awesome. Since the second Trocek got here, you know, the preseason notwithstanding, when everybody was losing their minds, but since they've been playing games that actually count, uh, the two of them seem to be in lockstep. You know, they, they really seem to have a, a knack for finding each other out there, And it feels like Lafreniere is is right along for the ride. I mean, there's some good passing when that line is on the ice. I thought that line was once again the Rangers' best line last night. Uh, That's been the case a lot of times this season where the Panarin line has been the best line for the Rangers. But again, it's just not resulting in points for Alexi Lafreniere. He had a chance last night. Uh, There was a play where he... Along the boards, he gains the blue line, leads Panarin with a pass. You know, up the right side, Panarin stops and plays it back to Lafreniere. Lafreniere's uh, toward the center of the ice, and he's approaching the net. And you're thinking this is going to be a goal, and Lafreniere just shoots it into Allmark's chest, basically. So, yeah, again, they just—they're playing better than the stats would suggest, and that—that's what's so frustrating. And you just hope that sooner or later, uh, the dam breaks and Lafreniere and Orkako just go off because Lafreniere and Kako having big-time seasons, that's not just a luxury at this point. That's not just a bonus at, that, at this point. That is something that needs to happen if the Rangers are going to be Stanley Cup contenders. So we'll keep our fingers crossed, again, that they eventually break through. But but right now, it's just frustrating to see them you know, do pretty well and, and try to build on the nice playoff run that they had last season and just seemingly not get rewarded for it. But they need more at of Kako and Lafreniere. I mean, that's pretty much the long and short of it. I know, you know, people point to, well, you know, Kako's good on the puck, and they're both better defensive players than they get credit for. That's all well and good. These guys need to produce some points. I mean, Kako's former second overall pick, Lafreniere, you know, the generational talent, the former first overall pick, and you just hope that that's uh, on the way sooner rather than later. Um, And, you know, I mentioned a second ago, uh, while we're on the subject of the lack of secondary scoring here, I I said that I hope Capo Kako— Did not get uh, Julian Gauthier syndrome, where once again, he can do everything on the ice but finish. And I'm going to talk about Gauthier in uh, greater detail in just a second as we continue to look around this roster and try to figure out, okay, who's going to step up and who's going to provide this team with some secondary scoring. And like I said, we're going to do all that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security— but have been putting it off. You'll want to listen up right now. Locked on New York Rangers. Listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is the biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for the third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect. Technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24 7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional, professionally installed system. With the top rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that we recommend. Get 50% off. Any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That is simplysafe.com/slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, so we'll keep everything rolling right along here as we, uh, Continue our search up and down this Ranger roster for somebody that's going to produce some secondary scoring. And as I mentioned a second ago, I think that uh, Kako and Lafreniere are probably your two biggest candidates, the two that really need to get it going. And, you know, at a certain point, you would like Kako and Lafreniere to not just be guys that are going to give you a secondary scoring. You want them to be two of the guys that are leading the charge night in and night out for the Rangers. And we'll hope that we get there. Like I said, I think that the points don't reflect their play. I mean, they haven't been perfect, but I do think they've, Uh, been better than less than half point per game players thus far this season. Um, But be that as it may, the points just aren't there. And I mentioned Julian Gauthier. You know, he gets called up after being placed on waivers and being sent down to the Hartford Wolfpack. And, okay, we're going to give Julian Gauthier a chance. Let's see what this kid can do one more time here. And, you know, the first two games he played pretty well. The Rangers got shut out by the Islanders, but there was a play in that game that got a lot of people excited. He looked like he was shot out of a cannon just flying up the ice. Uh, You know, making his move and getting denied on the doorstep, which has sadly become almost like par for the course for Julian Gauthier. Um, But he had a chance there. He had a great game against the Stars as well. Uh, There was a play where, you know, he forced a turnover at the blue line, prevented the Stars from uh, clearing the puck out of the zone, passing deep to Trochek. Trochek then found Zach Jones in the center of the ice. Jones shot, scored, gave the Rangers a 4-3 to lead. They went on to win 6-3, to and uh, that goal was the game winner. And it does not happen without the play that Julian Gauthier made there. And then, of course, 19 seconds after that, Julian Gauthier scores a goal of his own, uh, basically just explodes up the center of the ice, splits a couple of defensemen. Uh, the goalie comes out to meet Gauthier, and puck, you know, kind of... Goes into the corner a little bit, or toward the corner. Gauthier tracks it down. The goalie's out of the net. And Gauthier scored from a really tough angle there. So you're thinking, man, could this be it? Could Julian Gauthier finally be taking off for the New York Rangers? Um, we'll see. But honestly, in the three games that have followed since then, I've barely noticed Julian Gautier out there. And sadly, again, it, it's not really a surprise that this happens. Because Gauthier, again... He's a guy that always gives you flashes, always gets you excited. Man, this guy, he, he could really kind of, uh, you know, fortify the Rangers third line, give you some secondary scoring. Hey, maybe he can even, you know, make a, the occasional cameo in the top six under certain circumstances. And I, I've, I've barely noticed him. I, I've barely seen him have the puck. I've barely heard his name called. Uh, he just has not done really much of anything in these last three games. And he's at a point right now where he's got one goal and one assist in five games. So two points in five games. And the way things go with Gautier, I mean, is anybody really going to be surprised if, you know, Gautier gets to a point, he again, two points in five games. If he gets to a point where he's three points in 15 games, is anybody really going to be surprised? And I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope Gautier (laughs) goes out there, has a multi-point game in the next one, and really sticks it to me for saying this. But again, we've seen this from Julian Gautier before these flashes, you get excited and then there's just not much there. And, I don't know that we can really rely on Julian Gauthier to uh, you know, be a source of secondary scoring. He, he's somebody that had like seven points in 49 games, something along those lines last season. Uh, again, fingers crossed that he picks it up, but I don't know that we're really seeing a reason to believe that he can do that. We see these flashes here and there, and then it just never really seems to come together. Um, as far as other secondary scoring, what about Jimmy Vesey? Vesey obviously came back to the Rangers. One-year deal. He's on a PTO actually, but he made the team one year deal for the league minimum of 750k. And I think a lot of us and I include myself in this, you know, we all tried to talk ourselves into Jimmy VC a little bit in the preseason. Uh he obviously, you know, did a nice job and you got to give him credit. I mean, he came in here 50-50 at best to make this team, you need a strong preseason showing to make the team. He did that and then some. And he's been on the team ever since. Obviously, he's played 11 of the 12 games this season. He was a healthy scratch for one of them. Um but He's not really cutting it right now offensively either. And it's not really that surprising because since he spent his first tenure with the Rangers, the three seasons there, you know, he's just bounced around the league. He's been on six different teams in the last five years. I mean, it's the Rangers twice. You know, he was on the Rangers and then four other teams and now back to the Rangers. But that still counts. It's two separate, you know, tenures with the Rangers. And he's not somebody that can really rely on for points. He's a good defensive forward and good on the penalty kill and all that good stuff. But He's not somebody that you can really rely on to to produce your points night in, and night out, even on like a secondary scoring kind of a basis. I mean, do we really expect Jimmy Vesey to be like an above average third line player? Probably not. And I mean, think of the third line that the Rangers rolled out there last night. It's Barclay Goodrow, who I, I mean, I'm a big Goodrow fan, but he's a defensive forward. It's Goodrow, Vesey, and Gauthier. Are we really expecting like big time production from that line? I mean, it all falls on the top two lines and really just those same five players that I mentioned not that long ago. And obviously, look, Jimmy Vesey, he scored a goal in this game last night. Give him props for that. Uh, he had the puck in the neutral zone, gained the red line, threw it toward the Rangers zone. It kind of bounced off of Capo Caco. So Kako ends up getting an assist for that. But it bounces off of Caco, goes to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad's along the right side. And Vesey goes to the net. And Mika uh, passes to Vesey. Vesey with the tap in goal. And I swear to God, when this play was uh, developing and Mika had the puck, I said, you got him. Because I I could see VZ kind of coming open on the other side of the ice. And I was hoping that Mika saw it too. Indeed, he did. He made the pass. And, uh, you know, VZ scored. And props to VZ for being in the right spot at the right time here and uh, just making it happen. But, you know, even with that goal, VZ now has two points in 11 games. This is your third line guy. I mean, Jimmy Vesey is playing on the third line night in and night out. And of course, there's time for him to pick it up, but not exactly off to a great start as far as uh, points are concerned. Barclay Goodrow, secondary points. Look, Goodrow last year, he was a source of secondary scoring. He had 33 points in 79 games. That was a new career high for Goodrow. But I'd honestly, I honestly, I don't think you can really expect that out of Barclay Goodrow every season. You know, part of that was he ended up getting some time in the top six last year. I don't know that that'll happen as often this year. And if you told me right now that we could get 33 points in 79 games from Barclay Goodrow, I'd sign up for that in about two seconds. Uh, thus far this season, just two goals and two assists in 12 games for Goodrow. Uh, Vitaly Krausoff you know, I know a lot of us were kind of keeping our fingers crossed that. Kravtsov and the Rangers had mended fences and that everything was going to be cool. And everything seems good from that perspective. But Kravtsov has played four games for the Rangers this season. No points. And look, I feel for Kraussoff; He gets hurt every time he goes out there. I don't think it's really his fault. Um, you know, he, he's been in some bad spots. There was that weird play where, you know, Hedman hit him and was pushing down on the back of his head. Uh, Kravtsov was hustling in a recent game, gets crunched against the boards, his head slams into the boards, so I feel for Vitali Kravtsov, but even when he's been out there, you just haven't seen that wow factor, and honestly, with Kravtsov, I feel like he looked better in those 20 games that he played for the Rangers at the end of the season two years ago than he has, you know, thus far this season, and again, it's only four games, but I'm also including the preseason, which normally I wouldn't do. But Krasov had to take the preseason seriously. He had to go out there and kind of establish himself. And, you know, when he played in the preseason and the regular season, you combine all those things together this year, hasn't really shown a whole lot. And and fingers crossed that he can figure it out because sooner or later, again, Rangers are going to need some secondary scoring. Sammy Blay, you know what? This guy still does not have a goal as a member of the New York Rangers. He's got two assists in, uh, in nine games this season. I understand he's coming back from the ACL injury. It was a dirty play that took him out last year. It's really unfortunate that that happened. Um, but Sammy Blay, you know, he's playing on the fourth line. He, he looks slow. And again, that ACL injury probably has something to do with it. But for somebody that we talk about of, of having like kind of a sneaky, good shot, no goals as a New York Ranger, 17 goals in 142 games. I'm not so sure you can rely on Sammy Blay to give you secondary scoring either. And then you come to guys like Ryan Reeves and, and uh, Carpenter. And I mean, forget it. That's just not going to happen. That's not their game. They're, uh, an enforcer Reeves and a defensive fourth line forward, and Carpenter. So you're not going to get points out of them. Carpenter has one assist this season. Uh, Reeves does not have any points. Uh, And as far as secondary to scoring, how about from some defensemen besides Adam Fox? Hasn't really happened there either. Keandre Miller, you know, coming into the season, I thought he'd add some more offense to his game, and I think he eventually will. But right now, three assists in 12 games. Jacob Truba, you know, he's supposed to rack up some assists, And I'm not going to hold him to the standard that he set in Winnipeg his last season there because he was quarterbacking their top power play unit. He's not going to do that with the Rangers. But Truba's only got three assists in 12 games. Uh, Zach Jones, a goal and an assist in nine games. Ryan Lindgren, not really thought of as an offensive defenseman, but even so, just two assists in 12 games. You know, there's there's five former first-round forwards on this Ranger team right now that are still all, you know, very young, but thus far... They're just not getting it done as far as offensive production is concerned. And those five are Kako, Lafreniere, Hedl, Gauthier, and krassoff And I realize Hedl, you know, he got injured. He's got three points in six games to start the season. Hedl looked good when he was out there. So fingers crossed that he's back in the Ranger lineup sooner rather than later. And that he can step up. And that somebody besides him can step up. Multiple former first-round forwards to step up for this New York Ranger team. Somebody's got to step up. Or maybe not even these guys. Maybe Vesey can step up. Maybe uh, Goodrow can step up. Maybe Blake can step up. Somebody needs to step up. You cannot rely on the same five guys every single night, every single game to score all of your goals for you. And another stat to back this up, did a little math here. Always a risky proposition here on Lockdown New York Rangers. But I did a little math. Uh, the big five, again, Mika, Panarin, Kreider, Fox, Trocheck. Those five players have combined for 58 points. Yeah, 58 points in the first five games or the first 12 games so far this season. Uh, everybody else has combined for 35 points. So the Big Five have 23 more points than the rest of the team combined. I think that pretty much says it all. So again, fingers crossed that eventually somebody snaps out of it, somebody gets it going, somebody goes on a heater, somebody sparks this team outside of the Big Five that I already mentioned. But uh, that'll pretty much do it for today. I was going to talk about the Lady Liberty jerseys a little bit. We're running a little late here. Uh, I'll just say I think they look sharp. You know, they're cool. The only thing that gives me some pause about them is that it was not exactly a wonderful era of New York Ranger hockey, the last time that the Rangers were wearing the Lady Liberties. Uh, you know, they had that nice run in 1997 uh, when they went to the Eastern Conference Final. That was uh, the 94 Cup team's last chance, I would say, to win another Stanley Cup. They weren't able to do it. Um, but after that, you know, it was not a good era of Ranger hockey. And if you weren't a fan back then uh, from like 98 until about 2004, uh, you really didn't miss much. It was It was rough. And they wore those Lady Liberty jerseys a lot. And there was not a lot of winning that went along with it. But Rangers are going to be back in action at home against the Detroit Red Wings on uh, this Sunday. That game starts at 5 p.m. Uh, the Red Wings are 5-3-2 to start the season. The Rangers are 6-4-2. and two. And I'll leave you guys with one more stat that might make everybody feel a little bit better because I always try to be positive on this show. Always glass half full. So after 12 games last year, the Rangers had 6 wins and 15 points. After 12 games this year, the Rangers have 6 wins and 14 points. So they're not doing significantly worse this season than they were last season. And honestly, a lot of those games last year, the Rangers were getting outplayed and just winning because Igor Shesterkin went into absolute God mode which he hasn't quite been able to do this season. I think he's been good, but I think Igor would be the first one to tell you that uh, he's got to step it up a little bit too. And there's so many things I want to talk about. We'll get to Igor in a future episode for sure. But I really wanted to spend some time on the lack of secondary scoring because it is something that's giving the Rangers an issue. You know, last year at the trade deadline, they brought in Cop, They brought in Vitrano to help with the secondary scoring. Uh, right now, it's it's just not happening. And it won't happen unless former first-round picks— Eventually take a step forward here. I hope I'm not being too harsh. I hope I'm not being too tough on these guys. You know, again, I, I think for some of them, uh, namely Lafreniere and Kako, what they've done out there is better. They, they've played better than what their point total would suggest. But again, sooner or later, you need offense from these guys. You know, they didn't draft these guys to not be good offensive players. So. Again, fingers crossed that, that multiple Rangers can, can step it up and the Rangers get some secondary scoring and uh, get this thing back on track and bounce back with a win uh, on Sunday against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, hoping to do an episode maybe later that night since it's kind of an early game. Uh, we shall see. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. There's a lot of things that go on YouTube uh, before they're available in audio form. And there's some things that exclusively go on the YouTube channel. So definitely make sure to subscribe there. And uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. I will see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.